really weird when it happens and you can't click on the button. Mm-hmm. So. Like, it's right there. Come on. I'm clicking on the button. <laughs> oh, well. I'm, I try to get Ryan on because apparently he's on Percocet. Oh, yes. Mm. So he said he can't. Kelly yeah. didn't answer me. I don't think she's due home for a while. Yeah, it's probably just some device or something that's on then. Mm-hmm. And uh, Trisha's... What it said was, my BF's mother died. And I, I thought to myself, Christian's father died like a month ago. Wow. She followed him fast. So I sent condolences, and she's like, no, 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 not my boyfriend, my best friend. I was like, oh, good. <laughs> I was feeling really bad for Christian. I feel bad for the other person, too, but I was thinking, oh, poor Christian, to lose mm-hmm. him so quickly. Yeah. yeah. This is a fun coincidence, because normally this webcomic doesn't really have anything to do with um, Harry Potter, but I was just going through some of my comic things while I was eating supper, and mm-hmm. here is the current sketch on the main page. It looks like a Weasley. Yeah. I'm not sure which one. It's probably supposed to be Ron, but it could be any of them, really. All those freckles. Yeah, it's got to be a Ron. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Could be Charlie, too. But I don't know. Very nice. I suppose we should keep that. Alrighty. Well. So, um, I got a couple of the chapters read. <laughs> well, we'll go as far oh, as well. we can, and then we can add some on the end if we need to. Mm-hmm. It's... It's pretty fast. I don't remember what it was on the text reader, but I was um, I listened to it today and got through it all, so it couldn't have been that long. Two hours and 14 minutes, it looks like. So we should be able to power through it in an hour. Yeah. Let's see. It's supposed to be <clears throat> 25 to 31? Mm-hmm. Okay. Did, um, so you had snow going sideways today, is that true? Yes, apparently. Um, we looked out the window around, um, I don't know, about 4 o'clock probably, and there was a blizzard outside. Wow. And by the time I got out of work at 5, there was no sign of it, but yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Well, we've had nice days. It's cool today. The weekend was gorgeous. I spent all weekend weeding. But uh, we got new chicks a few weeks ago. And we oh, yeah. we got 25, which is a lot more, about 10 more than we usually get. And they started cannibalizing each other. Mm. And once they draw blood, then they just go after that blood and go after that blood and go after that blood. So we had probably 10 of them bleeding. And we put salve on it, our homemade salve on it the first day, and looked it up to see what to do. And they, the Internet said, get something called blue coat. So they're white chicks with blue spots on them now because we've been spraying their eyes with blue coat. <laughs> and yesterday they started in on the, each other again. So we said, all right, that's it. They've got to be in a bigger space. So we've moved them outdoors into the little cage. So they have double the space that they had plus grass to eat and stuff like that. Well, poor little things. They're out there in this, you know, chicken wire cage and it's cold and it's windy. So we've covered them with a tarp and the tarp blows and they get all freaked out because the tarp's blowing. And, but they haven't attacked each other again. So that's good news. We'll see how, how long we can keep them going. We might have to put them in the chicken coop early too. Yeah. Crazy little beasts. It's just been being mostly really wind, windy here. Mm-hmm. Uh, hasn't been all that cold most of the time when you look at the supposed actual temperature, but the wind is enough to make it feel cold. And then today it's been um, below freezing to start with, and then the wind makes it feel like minus 11, which you guys would probably be mm, 
Old. <laughs> Under 20, anyway, Ooh. somewhere. So, because yeah. zero is 32, so. Mm -hmm. I'll keep my uh, 70 or 65 that it was today. Mm -hmm. On Thursday and Friday, it's supposed to get up to 15, which I think is in the 60s somewhere. But. Yeah, we're supposed to actually be in the 80s <laughs> by then. We'll see. Wow. Yeah. It's nice for the plants, but bad for the weeds, because they grow as quickly as the plants. Mm, yeah. Well, I suppose since we're an hour late, we should start. Binder uh, details. Uh, I know. For Friday, March 7th, this is episode 183 of Potterfic Weekly. Welcome to the place where the story never ends. Hey, Ron. The next time you're... Previously on Potterfic Weekly... Where would you like to start, Sue? Well, let's like start at the beginning. That would be awesome. My resolutions for this Potterfic weekly season is not to snort. Welcome to Potterfic whatever. Oh, Scott. Did we, did we lose Scott? Okay, what did I miss? My Am I surrounded by Hufflepuffs? You yes, are. you are. Yes, you are. Apparently, I'm Jen, and I don't know my outfit. No, she's the poster child for our podcast. <laughs> oh, Shit. I, I think I need more meds. My meds have kicked in, I can tell. Sure. <laughs> I think that's two. That could possibly be three. Moving right along. I felt like a rock star. Just really big knickers. Pants are your underpants. Not oh. trousers. Potterfic Weekly, defining strange terms for your edification. <laughs> and I was planning on getting ravished anytime soon. Really, honestly. <laughs> Saxon Snorkax, two of my favorite subjects. I love Snape. You are quite possibly clinically insane. In the nicest sense of the word, of course. <laughs> we we'll always laugh before the end. Potterfic Weekly. Where the story never ends. Bob has requested that we introduce us a different way. So let's see if I can pull this off. Welcome to Potterfic Weekly, one of the family of podcasts from Potterfic Weekly. I'm Sue. I'm Scott. And it's just the two of us. <laughs> we are going to be covering chapters 25 through 31 of A Better Man by Valander. Mm -hmm. And this one is starting off with a Christmas presence. Not present, but presents. Mm -hmm. And we start off with Petunia Wheedling. Yeah, she wants Hagrid to come back and play Father Christmas again, because he hasn't for three years or so. He thinks, well, the kids are probably a little old for that now. They're teenagers, you know, and um, she says, hogwash. Mm -hmm. She just wants to have Father Christmas anyway. It doesn't have to be for the kids. Right. And Dobby and Winky can be the little helpers. Which is the whole reason she wants Hagrid. <laughs> she wants Dobby and Winky to be the elves. Mm -hmm. So he has to pull his oversized suit out of moth mothballs. I just yeah. see it now. <laughs> And That's a very brief scene at the beginning, and then we head back to our normal points of view. Mm -hmm. The express is going into platform nine and three quarters, and um, Ron and Harry are having different experiences on whether or not they should be kissing their girlfriend at this point, and what's going on, and uh, how this works with you know the twins are right over there. And, uh. <laughs> yeah, well, and 
Ron sort of pecks Hermione on the cheek, and she's like, ah, and she gives him a full-on kiss on the lips and then sashays away, which I have a little trouble seeing Hermione sashay, but eh, it could happen. And Mm -hmm. then Ron and Ginny, or not Ron and Ginny, that's wrong, bad, very bad. Harry and Ginny want to kiss, and the twins grab each of them and pull them apart, and Ginny's yelling, put me down or I'll bat bogey you like you've never been bat bogey before. And, you know, they're thinking that's pretty funny until Harry says, hey, she knows where you guys sleep. (laughs) And they're like, hmm, maybe we should think about this. And she's aiming at lower regions than the uh, nose Mm -hmm. and saying, how would you like to see what happens if we bat bogey hex that part of you? And (laughs) they're like, uh, that would be in a way I've never been bat bogey hexed before. It is true. It is very (laughs) true. It's interesting because uh, this is one of those little bits where we throw in a difference between the twins because George is a little quicker on the uptake here. Because, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, Harry is trying to point out to them that this isn't the best idea and Fred says, oh, what would our dear sweet sister ever do to us? And uh, George is looking at her and going, oh, Fred, you might want to think about that a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> this is our sister we're talking about. Ooh, yeah. All right, no telling mom. Uh, go ahead, to just do your kissing. We don't want to look. Um. <laughs> yeah, and uh, they say... And Dudley is having a great time with this as well, mm-hmm. uh, because I don't remember this from reading it earlier, but it probably was in there. Um, it was. The Christmas holidays of his first year, he predicted that um, Ginny was Harry's girlfriend and Hermione was Ron's. And, um, of course, they both refused vehemently at the time, I'm sure, and uh, mm-hmm. or Harry did anyway, and uh, he was right. <laughs> and so Harry's like, well, what about you? You're in all-boys school. What are you, get, what are you doing? And Dudley just grins and says, we have new neighbors, and I've been out of school a week already. Mm-hmm. So apparently he's got a little girlfriend on the side, too. And then we shift off to Christmas Eve, and they're doing their Mission Impossible thing. Mm, they uh, are. It's I, apparently I, a tradition now. <laughs> I love this torch. <laughs> Dudley holds up a mag light. Mm-hmm. Tape for emergency repairs? Check. Spare pre-dyed bows? Check. Invisibility cloak? Check. And they sneak downstairs. <laughs> This is the first time they've tried to do this when the Dursleys have house elves. <laughs> yes, and Mr. Potter should not be pla- should not be doing down here. Mm-hmm. Harry Potter and Duddles Doosley are not supposed to be here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, the, and the elves are dressed like Christmas elves, and the in boys their holiday just uniforms lose it. <laughs> they start laughing and giggling and. You know, Dobby's trying to shush him, especially Dudley, because Dudley's loud. You're going to be waking the house! <laughs> Vernon comes in. Guess what? They already did. Mm-hmm, because Grandpa Elvis set up a ward on the room. And if anyone comes in, whether they're wearing an invisibility cloak or not, Vernon gets woken up. And hey, that's no fair. It's not. <laughs> You're supposed to be able to sneak down and shake your presents. And then he orders them to bed, and they, they can't leave their room until 7 a.m. It's going to be the longest seven hours of their entire life. <laughs> so, seven on the dot, they both bolt out of the room, and uh, Dudley gets to the stairs first, and Harry vaults past him and slides down the banister. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> and of course, there's no presents. Where'd they go? Mm-hmm. They'll just have to wait and open them with the rest of us. But, but, but. It's a 
Very interesting visual, this whole thing. This is one of those things that would absolutely have never happened in canon. Oh, no. Fun. No, never. Yeah. I could see Dudley doing this. You know, stomping down the stairs, being the first one in, grabbing open his presents and sneaking down. But never as a team, and never this nicely. Mm-hmm. So. But pretty soon, Sirius Remus, Dumbledore, and the Weasleys show up, and Hagrid shows up on the motorcycle, dressed as Santa with a house elf on each shoulder. <laughs> so they have fun anyway, even though they didn't get to open them early. Right. And then we have, we jump back to Hogwarts. And we have a raspy voice sneering, going somewhere outcast. And Draco turns to see Knot, who's being obnoxious, because Draco and Knot are fighting for control of House Slytherin. Yeah. And, and Draco was apparently in the Owlery. He was going to send an owl, mm -hmm. or maybe he's heading in that direction. It doesn't actually say where they are. And Malfoy says, really, that's none of your business. And... Uh, they get into a little miniature duel, mm -hmm. and Draco's been spending the time sort of calculating, um, should he take out Crab first because he's bigger or not because he's better magically and smarter. And he, he was planning on taking Crab first, but then... Uh, not gave him an no. opportunity, and so yeah. he took him out with Petrificus Totalus, and then... Just Crab's sidestepped when yeah. Crab charged at him. You know, that's what Crab and Doyle do. <laughs> and then he gets this brilliant idea and sends for a house elf. And you really don't know this house elf sends a message to Goyle and Sabini, but you don't know what's really happened. No. I'm picturing the um, little scene from the, the Grinch. And then he had an idea. <laughs> an awful idea. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll see what happens there later. Because we go downstairs a few floors where Severus Snape is having a good sleep, which is unusual. Mm -hmm. He doesn't generally sleep a lot. And he's back on his dream tower. That It's a castle that isn't Hogwarts, but he, it's familiar somehow. He doesn't quite know where it is. And the voice that we heard before in, I believe, last week's set of mm -hmm. chapters says, A year has been lost, and in three months he'll have to choose. And by now, he knows what his choice is going to be. Mm -hmm. He has two options, and he has to choose one of them. Right. And he's like, a year? Why? How did that happen? And the voice is just like, destiny reaches to the breaking point. In three months, you will choose. And he's like, all right. Mm -hmm. And then we shift to a uh, minor little scene with uh, some less pleasant people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is basically just three lines, pretty much. And it's Voldy wanting to know if they've got their little present ready. And, of course, he says, yes, Lucius waits your command. And Voldemort says, excellent, let the games begin. And then he laughs. A terrible, mm -hmm. terrible laugh. And you get the idea that he has figured out, or at least is trying to make use of this little connection and send Harry some horrible dream or other of somebody getting tortured. And it works rather more than he was probably expecting. Yeah. Because this is the first time that Harry has been outside of um, various wards and things that uh, were stopping him from getting any of those visions. And so he sort of has the cumulative effect of however many months it is, of things that Voldemort's trying to send him hitting all at once. 
Well, I, I don't know that that's true. I think this is just, this is Voldemort's Christmas present to Harry, and he's sending all of these visions and all, everything to him right now. Well, it, it says in the author's note at the end, um, oh, I don't read see what happens when a half year's worth of dreams and visions come slamming down at once. Okay. So I don't know if that means that uh, Voldemort's worked out something and has decided, okay, I think it might work this time, let's torture 57 people, or mm -hmm. if it's actually all the separate instances that he's tried have been sort of backing up and waiting until it, it can come through. Oh, I'm not exactly sure how it works. But. Yeah. Okay. I hadn't read that, so. Mm -hmm. Um. So Harry wakes up screaming, and his scar is bleeding profusely. And so, you know, Ron's like, go get Dumbledore, get Ginny. And George's like, why do I need Ginny? Just get her! You know, but it doesn't matter because they both show up because Harry's woke the whole house by now. Mm -hmm. And they, Dumbledore gets Bill and... Is it Remus, Sirius, Bill, and Sirius to ward the house and to try to make it so that nothing can get through? And Harry collapses pretty much. Mm -hmm. So he at least gets to fall back asleep. But yeah. Dumbledore is sort of surmising that um, this is something sent from Voldemort because the reactions are very similar to someone having a Cruciatus curse put on them mm -hmm. for an extended period and. Arthur wants to know, should they take him to St. Mongo's? And Dumbledore says, at this point, now that they've had Sirius and Bill put up these wards, this is probably the best place for him, mm -hmm. except maybe Hogwarts, and they'll have to put up some wards there, too, before they um, shift him over. So he decides to get Poppy to come to Crippa Drive instead. Right. And then we jump to the next chapter. Which is called Green Eyes. Nice. And... We are in the antechamber of Hogwarts Hospital. Of the hospital, yeah. So I guess he's been moved over by now. Mm -hmm. Four hours ago, Bill and Sirius had finished the wards that were meant to prevent all forms of communication. Mm -hmm. So hopefully that will work with whatever's going on with Voldemort. Right. And everyone's there waiting to hear what Madame Pomfrey has to say. And she comes out, finally, and says, he's sleeping, there's nothing actually wrong with him, and he does show, but he does show some of the signs of long-term exposure to Cruciatus, even though he doesn't have spell burns, which mm -hmm. that's, I think, the first time I've ever read about there being spell burns, but that kind of makes sense, too. It does make sense. We're going to stop here for a second and welcome Kelly. Hi, Kelly! Hi. Hi. Guess what? I'm still alive. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Long time no. Oh, yeah. Been a while. Been a while. Yes. I'm looking to see if I actually made this into a, an ebook. I think I did. We're on chapter 26, just starting it. Oh, maybe I didn't. Hmm. So, be oh, better, better. Can send over the link if necessary. No, I, I have the link, but I was just trying to see if I had created it into an ebook. And I, oh yes, I did right here. Yes, um, oh, I actually right. have an updated or a, uh, uh, version of mm -hmm. this fic that is available for EPUB and for Mobi files. Cool. Um, if anybody wants them. Sure. I guess we could, 
upload them to the site as part of, or at least a link to them <clears throat> to well, the site when we do the, the show notes. We've been, usually we contact the author and ask for permission before we put them up as the ebooks. Okay. That seemed to be what Ryan wanted us to do, so okay. that's what we've been doing. I think this is one of them that I actually just automatically pulled off fanfiction.net. Um, there's a, a plugin that you can get for Caliber that will actually pull stuff off of fanfiction.net and make it into an ebook for you for your e-reader. Nice. So, yeah. And does it then include all, well, I guess it wouldn't matter um, if it has the author notes in it or not because you're reading it, you can skip those. It's not like when you're listening to it. You know. No, I think that it's got all the author notes and everything with it. I don't know. Yeah, that makes sense. So, yeah, I just thought I'd let you know about that. Appreciate it. Mm -hmm. Good to know. We're way off course. So we have Harry, um, just to catch you up a little bit, Kelly, with Harry. It's Christmas Eve. Harry's had this terrible vision from old Voldy shorts, and <laughs> he is unconscious in the hospital wing at this point. Oh, my. Yes. And he mm -hmm. seems to be um, su suffering from long-term exposure to the Cruciatus. Well, that's not good. No, no, it's not good at all. So he, uh, Madame Pomfrey has come out to let everybody know that he's sleeping and to let Snape know um, what stage he's in. And mm -hmm. a voice behind Madame Pomfrey says, dead. They're all dead. And they all turn around and they find Harry leaning against the doorframe. His glasses not on his face and he's, you know, vacant-eyed. Then they kind of hustle him back to bed. And, and this one, yeah. the stages of the Cruciatus, there's four stages of it, and he's at a stage three. So hmm. apparently you take so different not, potions for different stages. And he's not um, at the point that the Longbottom made it to, but it's pretty close. Mm -hmm. Now, you said something about Scar, uh, Scar, <laughs> Harry, um, uh, spell burns, um, especially with the Cruciatus, I can see that doing physical damage to nerve pathways mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, neurons and, and the nerves in your skin, you know, almost like when you get a, a, I, I've seen, uh, I've done a little research. I was reading a, a and writing a, a bit of a, another story for another, far, far for another fandom, um, <laughs> that had to do with when you expose human flesh or skin to a vacuum and, and how it breaks mm -hmm. the capillaries and, and you get, you know, hematoma under the skin because of the, because it, of the pressure. Mm -hmm. And and I think that when you're talking about a spell, you're overloading. It's more of an electrical thing than a than a respiratory or circulatory thing. It's it's uh you're damaging the nervous system, and you may get um physical almost like like when lightning hits the ground and you get the the glass, you know the 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 lightning effect on the on the sand when it hits a beach or something like that. You get you it actually fuses the sand into what looks like a lightning bolt mm -hmm. and um and it, it it's just it's a it's a pathway so i'm i'm seeing where if you talk about spell burns that it, they would trace the the major nerves in the arms and the legs and not so much in the torso because they're pretty deep but mm -hmm. in the extremities uh, you'd you'd have those marks on your hands and on your feet and that's so. what they were saying was sort of odd and in most people who had in someone who had actually been exposed to Cruciatus this much, they would have these spell burns. But he seems to, uh, he's got the effect without having that physical portion of it. Mm -hmm. Well, that's, that's bad. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, that's, that's like having leukemia without actually having it. 
mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. So that's, yeah. that's really bad. And it turns out that what the, his present from Voldy was is 15 children with green eyes and round glasses all been slowly killed, basically. Oh, why does this remind me of another fic? Hmm, let me think about this. Well, in each child, it's 15 children each from 1 to 15 years old. Yeah, of course. So, but again, it reminds me of the, uh, what was it? Yeah. What was the name of the fic? Oh, it was um, A Year Like None Other. Was that where they did that? In the I eyes. there was something. That... It was, well, it was... yeah, he poked his eyes. Yeah. I never well, read that one. That's the one I have never read. It was it wasn't so much Harry's, it was he was getting harvesting eyes from bodies. It was really gross. Ooh, I just yeah. remember that. I don't know if that was that one or not, but yeah. Was that maybe it wasn't that one, I'm not sure. It's the one where, was... where the joke is Harry has his mother's eyes and they're floating in a in Oh God. That's from some fic somewhere, too. God. Mm-hmm. And there's been a number of ones where Voldemort has done nasty things for Harry's birthday or Christmas or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember a scene somewhere where there were people killed and then he'd uh, written Harry Potter on the wall with their blood or whatever, so he knew it was his fault that this had happened, whatever. Dumbledore ends up pretty much, well, he doesn't really stun him, but he puts him to sleep because he's just rambling. <laughs> and Snape starts giving him the potion. I love that Snape can give him the potions while he's unconscious. I think that's quite unique. I, I have this vision of, like, Snape using the wand to suck it up and then slipping it in between his lips and, like, pumping it down his throat or something like that. I don't know. Well, when you're unconscious, you you can't swallow. Mm-hmm. You know, you put things to their lips and massage the throat or whatever, so they fall. Yeah, exactly. You just have to make sure it doesn't go down the wrong pipe. Right. And then we've got the Weasleys, the Mer- the Dursleys, and all of their friends having breakfast when the rest of the core group of the Order shows up, the OGL. Mm-hmm. That would be the Order of the Golden Light for you, Kelly. Okay. And um, the rest yes, of the they, group. They made up their own order um, after during and after the Drivers Tournament in this version of things. Mm-hmm. And they actually got to it before the Order of Phoenix was reformed itself. But they've agreed to mostly stand back and do research and big picture sort of things where the Order of the Phoenix are doing the direct blocking of whatever Voldemort's trying to do and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, Harry's pretty much said, we're going to train anyhow, but supposedly they're doing research. And during this time where they're all kind of together at breakfast, somebody, a second-year Slytherin, slips Malfoy a note, and he reads it and turns pale and leaves. And a few minutes later, a house elf pops in and whispers to Dumbledore, and Dumbledore excuses himself. And basically what happens is Draco goes up and tells Dumbledore what happened, because Harry hasn't been coherent enough to actually tell them. And Draco tells Dumbledore that Voldemort has kidnapped muggle children with green eyes and tortured them. And while that's going on, Crom walks over and talks to Snape and offers to help him however he can to help Harry. And we're going to have Crumb doing the occlumency lessons now. Because Snape's no good at it because he's learned... How, he he was a natural, so he doesn't know how to teach anybody. Well, and that makes sense. Dumbledore's could be used against him. Mm-hmm. Or Harry could be used as a conduit to Dumbledore 
from Voldemort, so they don't want to use Dumbledore to do it. There's too much sensitive information involved. Sure. Mm -hmm. That's, you know, you don't want that. That makes perfect sense. But yeah, having somebody who is a natural try to teach somebody who isn't Mm -hmm. is, oh my God, you've got to be kidding. I mean, it's like, it would be like me trying to teach you how to, you know, reprogram a computer. (laughs) <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, you know how hard that is with me just to do simple things. <laughs> I know. So. My dog wants to say hello because, right. of course, I'm talking. And now that I'm talking, Hi, she has to be in my lap. <clears throat> she also wants to see if there's any sushi left, which there isn't. <laughs> oh, darn. No had, sushi for you. I had a cheese stick and a banana for dinner tonight because I was running late. Uh, and I had to help mom move the chicks, and mom is on a liquid diet for another 24 hours, so I didn't want to eat in front of her, so I just grabbed a few things and came over here. Why is she on a liquid diet? She's having a colonoscopy tomorrow. Oh, yay. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Lily doesn't like that either. No. <laughs> but I get the day off work, so I can holler around town, so that works for me. Oh, fun. No, um, I, I DCC you a cara cara, but um, they kind of don't want to fit through the little button on the computer. I understand. That's okay. We're way off course. So Harry's waking up. Everything's white and fuzzy, and he's doing this total word association thing. Fuzzy. Fuzzy father? Grandfather? Uncle father? Grandpa father. Wait, that was a grandfather. Grand piano? Piano fort. Fort Houston. Houston, we have a problem. Problem child? Children. Oh, Merlin, they were only children. And he sits up bolt I, sits bolt upright in bed, and he thinks to himself, it's just a nightmare. It's just a nightmare. And then he realizes he's not in private drive. He's in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And Ginny and Gabrielle are asleep next to him on a comfortable chair. And, yeah. and Gabrielle wasn't there when he went to sleep, so... Yeah. <laughs> Ow! Sorry. And then he looks at the clock... But it's pointing to way too early for this. <laughs> <laughs> so he lays back down and goes to sleep. And he's dreaming. Kelly, you're breathing into your mic. No, I'm not. The dog's breathing into your mic. <laughs> She's licking me. <laughs> Ouch! Don't put your paw in my nose. Yuck. Get off me. Knock it out. Do I look like a jungle gym? Mm-hmm. So he's back into the dream, and he's with this little nine-year-old girl who's kind of showing him around. And basically, they're in his cupboard. And she's That's not very much to show around. Showing, <laughs> she's showing him what it could have been like. And he's like, but, but my Uncle Vernon and Aunt Petunia would never have done something like this. Not to anybody. And she says they would have to you if they hadn't been grown to be more than they were. And he says, I don't believe you. And she says, well, what about your love's visions? What about what the headmaster told you? Because Ginny had had visions of this, too. And so he finds out that his life could have really been different. And Mm -hmm. she says, you must grow beyond what you are. And he says, well, what am I? And she says, iron. And he said, well, then what should I become? And she says, steel. Which is an interesting metaphor. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he sees all the kids. And they want justice. They all want justice. Justice. And I don't blame them. Yeah. And Harry still hasn't really woken up. It's been three days. Mm-hmm. And Ginny is sitting there beside his bed, and her legs have gone numb, and her neck's kind of sore, and so she's just still sitting there because Gabrielle's laying on top of her. And well, no wonder her legs are numb. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> 
And she's really, Gabriella's attached herself to Ginny, but she's also attached herself to Harry, because they both love him in little ways, different ways. Mm-hmm. Yes, because when they met at... Um, the second task? I guess, yeah, the second task, she decided to, um, Harry was going to be her big brother. Mm-hmm. So um, <laughs> that is how things have proceeded since then. Yes, they have. And then he wakes up, and he can't talk because he's been asleep for three days, but, you know, it happens. Mm. <laughs> yeah, and they all shout at him, Harry! And he's like, what? Oh, it's like, what? I have to go to the bathroom, get out of the way. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sure they have that urine-dissipating spell. Yeah. I would hope so after three days, the yes. that they used on the dragons a year yeah. now, yes, after the <laughs> end. And Bill says... Uh, I'll just go tell Poppy, uh, Fleur, Gabrielle, why don't you come with me? <laughs> yeah. And uh, they don't bring her back for some time. <laughs> no, they let the two have a moment or two of their alone time. And we move on to Chapter 27, which starts with a familiar refrain, Mr. Potter, get back in that bed immediately. <laughs> <laughs> but I've yeah. been here forever. Want to go and eat downstairs? Although he knows he's not sure. He's not sure if he even tried. He could make it that far, but he was going to try, and she won't let him. She says that he has to stay in bed for. Now, see, I would have been like, sure, fine, go, mm-hmm. and, and he'd get collapse. to the and get to the door, <laughs> and he'd fall over, and it's like, okay, you tried, you're not going yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, aren't I? She's not quite there yet. You want to come and work in my class? I need a mean person. No, I have enough. I'm mean enough on the phone. The telephone. We have spring fever at the moment. They're driving me nuts. <laughs> yeah. Well, we today was we had spring fever at work today. Mm-hmm. It was 80 outside. Oh, Scott had and a blizzard. So, so we have a yeah. lot of people that are like, oh, it's so nice. Yeah, you have a blizzard right now, and we have 80 degrees. Um, our normal high for the day is 72. Well, that's not too yeah. bad. Yesterday's high was 50, 56. <laughs> um, and we'll be at 80 today, tomorrow, and Wednesday, and then we'll be at 61 on Thursday. Yes. So your blizzard, which is trying to work its way down south, is going to become a cutoff low and uh, water us all weekend. So, yeah. yeah. We actually don't need any rain right now. Um, <laughs> no? We were you under... like the flooding? We we were under an extreme drought last year, and this year we have river flooding. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of it is in the upper part of the Midwest. We haven't had a whole lot of rain down here, but we're at the we're kind of a bottleneck of the watershed. Right. So we kind of get it from. I've got I I've turned the alerts off on my phone because I keep getting Mississippi River at St. Louis, Mississippi River at Grafton. Missouri River at St. Charles, Merrimack River at, you know, it's like, okay, enough already. You know, and everybody's like, oh, are you, you know, are you flooding there? It's like, okay, I'm just going to say this once. If it floods where I am, Noah had better be packing them in two by two. (laughs) That's all I'm going to (laughs) say. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What's a cubit? Fortunately for us, it was a, it was the spring Thank you, God. (laughs) Ding. Hoover, Hoover, Noah. Who is that? It's the Lord, Noah. <laughs> right. What do you want? I've been good. I want you to build an ark. Right. 
What's an arc? <laughs> Make the arc out of cubits, 80 cubits, 40 cubits, 30 cubits. Right. What's a cubit? <laughs> I'm sorry, Scott. What did you say? Uh, I was just trying to say, fortunately, it's, it was a spring blizzard, so it was the sort that was lasted for five, ten minutes, and by the time I got out of work an hour later, it was gone again. But uh, oh. still, there was there was snow going horizontally past our window for a while. Yes. You know, we've had yeah. that here. I, I remember we had a, a snowstorm, actually. It was the snowstorm of 92, the blizzard of 92 that hit the east coast of the United States. Well, we had it here in the middle of the country. I remember because I went to Walmart and I got out of the car and it had just started to snow. Heavy flakes. Now, it had gone from flurries at home, 10 minutes, to heavy flakes by the time I got to Walmart. I'm like, okay, I'm going to run in and I'm going to run back out. I was in Walmart for 45 minutes. At the time that I came out of Walmart, it had stopped snowing, but it had snowed sideways because one side of my car was covered with an inch of thick, heavy, wet snow, and the other side didn't have any snow on it at all. Nice. And that was all the snow we got. We got one inch of snow, and it snowed sideways for just under like a half an hour, and then um, and then it proceeded to dump like four feet of snow on the east coast. From wow. so from St. Louis east, the snowed in. We were not snowed in, but you go 50 miles further east, and they had about 10 inches, and that's where it started. Mm-hmm. And it was like that all the way to the coast. So yeah, I understand the snow and sideways thing. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. Not fun. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah, but this is, uh, I, I, I want it to rain, actually. I do want it to rain because right now everything is covered with a very thin layer of yellow. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I have allergies and you I don't have my good. windows. I, well, that's because I've taken allergy meds. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how much longer I'm going to last tonight because I'm probably going to fall off that cliff and be wanting to sleep. Mm-hmm. But, uh, um, I don't have my windows open. It's 70, it's 70 something degrees outside, 71. And I don't have my windows open because if I do, like to breathe? pollen will blow right in. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it, I went out this morning and wrote my name on the top of my barbecue grill <laughs> <laughs> in the pollen. <laughs> so I would like it to rain to wash it off. <laughs> yeah. So that would be good. We're going to get that on Wednesday. So yeah, Scott, your weather is, we're, we're going to get it the day after tomorrow. Hmm. Well, we're hoping our weather warms up. It's supposed to, but we never really know whether what they're telling you days from now is actually going to happen. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I saw a very interesting statistic um, for April earlier today. April of 2012, we've had 16 tornadoes. Three of them were killers. Three people or four people died, something like that. Mm-hmm. Last year at this time, for April, we had... 340-something tornadoes. Wow. No, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. 116 tornadoes. Uh, five of them were killers. 343 people died last April. Mm. Yeah. So that was the difference between one year and the other in the weather. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Big, huge difference between the two. So, so we're liking this year much better. Yeah. Um, except we did have a tornado touchdown. Yeah. Um, a mile from you. This, a mile and a half away from me, we had a tornado touchdown, and uh, it was an EF Two, I think, maybe a week EF3. Um, we have houses that were flattened, lots of trees that were knocked over. 
Uh, I am happy to report that my Chinese food restaurant that was 75 yards away from the buildings that had their roofs torn off did not have any damage, and they were still open, and they did gangbusters business because they were the only restaurant within a mile that was <laughs> that was undamaged. It was still serving food? <laughs> yes. Wow. So they, so they served all of the workers and the everybody. I mean, yeah. They had a hell of a month. I mean, they didn't have any damage. They had a tree that was laying on their on the side and fell over. And one of the tulip trees that they they lost they lost mm-hmm. one of their tulip trees, but um, it didn't break anything. That's she good. says that there were people that were in there. They were hunkered under the counter because they didn't know what was going on. And uh, she said she heard a big rush, and then she heard something knocking, and it was the tree banging against the mm-hmm. the side of the building. But they didn't have uh, they didn't have any damage. They didn't have any electric for a while, but they brought a generator in and they cooked food. And, you know, when you're, when you're making Chinese food, you stir fry. So everything's gas, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. a gas grill. So they didn't have a, their gas, their gas was fine, but they needed electricity to, to run everything else. So, but yeah, um, they're still cleaning up and it was kind of scary for a while there. So, <laughs> and that means your other report today is brought to you by Allstate. <laughs> <laughs> You're in good hands with all things. (laughs) Okay. Sorry. And the basics are good. Protect them. Put them in good hands. So we have Harry stuck in bed, Uh and other people have dropped in to see him, and the last day that he's to be confined, Ginny shows up early just as he's waking up, and she's got this wicked grin on her face, and he's like, uh, why does that look frightening me? And she says, well, it's not you that should be frightened, it's Fred and George, and he's like, what? And apparently, Gabrielle has has a crush on, uh, first year, I think it's first year. Ewan Uh, Abercrombie. Yeah, Ewan. And apparently the twins let him know. And now Gabrielle's up in the divination tower, and she won't even let Trelawney in. I love that. And she's up there crying and, you know, utterly mortified because the boys have told on her. Mm-hmm. But tomorrow at the feast, Ginny has something planned for them. Uh-oh. <laughs> and Harry wants to know what it is, and she says, well, you'll just have to wait. It'll be more fun to be a spectator. Yeah. Get surprised. And then we have the house elves pop in, and he's apparently a descendant from an old Potter elf who passed away after the Potters died from a broken heart. And he sort of lets drop that Harry's sort of related (laughs) to the nobility. Right. Mm -hmm. Albert of Saxe-Colbert-Gotha was um, Prince Albert. It was... uh... Victoria's husband. Mm-hmm. Was that yeah. the Prince Albert in the can? The <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> Prince Albert, Prince Albert, that that Victorian, that was the uh, was that eighteen fifty through the uh, I don't remember. It was It was most of the eighteen hundreds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's a whole bunch of stuff named after him because she was very fond of him and he died. Yeah. So, um, City of Prince Albert in Saskatchewan is named after him. <laughs> right. And so is the so. island and oh, that's Edward. That's it. never mind. Um there, yeah, there's like a whole ton of stuff that's mm-hmm. out. the Royal Albert Hall and all of that stuff. It's this guy. Right. Speaking so, of yeah. did you guys see the pictures of the royals at the um studio? No, I yes. With the with the wands. They look like <laughs> they were having so much fun. 
Somebody, somebody uh, in the comments, oh, it was us to send you the link. Somebody in the comments said, you know, I always thought that Harry looked like a lost Weasley. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, the Duke and Duchess, is that who they? Yeah, the Duke and Duchess the of Cambridge. Duchess of Cambridge went to Leaston Studios. and AKA, AKA Williams and Catherine, right? Yeah. Yeah. Went to Hogwarts and got the grand tour, and apparently Joe was there and everything. Well, they so. were also they also looked at the some of the other things that that studio has done besides Harry Potter is Batman, mm-hmm. and so they had several of the props, including um, uh, some of the costumes. But he sat on one of the the bat cycle or whatever mm-hmm. it was, and that's where you see um, Catherine laughing at him because he looked over at her and was like, "Yeah, I think I could drive." <laughs> So at work, whatever it is that they have our computer hooked up with at work, we get, when we sign into the internet, we get news. And so usually that's the only news I get because I don't watch the news. So I'll sit and look through the eight stills that they have and just kind of get the highlight of what's happening in, in the world. And today I'm clicking through, clicking through, and there's a picture of J.K. Rowling. So I'm like, next to a picture of Tom Cruise. And I'm like, all right, this is weird. So I clicked on it to see what the story was, and it just sent me to a whole bunch of links on finding out who famous people were married to. Oh. And I was like, okay, so this is nothing. I thought something had happened, but it was just some stupid thing. So, But it was fun to be clicking through, clicking through, and going, oh, that's Joe! Mm-hmm. Well, you know, we have had wizards and vampires, and this is the year of the superhero. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to a yet another June movie that will be out a year before anybody listens to this podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, Man of Steel comes out in a year, in, 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 a, in less than two months. It comes out in June. So. Do you know when? Looking at June 14th. Okay. And I asked Dean if he wanted to go. <laughs> <laughs> That was nice. I, I tweeted him. I said, there's this movie that's opening. You want to go see it? I'll buy the popcorn. Oh, <laughs> he, nice. didn't, he didn't respond, he didn't respond back respond. to me, so Aww. no. I got a date to the new Star Trek movie, so that's cool. I may have a date to the new Star Trek movie, too. One of the guys on Twitter is like, oh, I want to go see it. Oh, I want to find a midnight show. Okay. I, uh, <laughs> the Calvin's coach's wife wanted to go see it wants to go see it and i said i'll go and she's like we should go together and i said okay and then she found out my birthday was next week and she's like i'll pay for it for your birthday i was like all right <laughs> cool so yeah sorry but dog. anyhow we've left poor harry yes again um talking to the elf finding out that he's possibly related but the elf doesn't really know because he's lived in the castle pretty much all of his life well, the thing is, is yeah, that, well. you know, his great, 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 great grandfather was second cousin to Albert. Do you know how many people are related to the mm-hmm. royal houses of Europe? Probably <laughs> I <a lot>. am. <laughs> yeah. I mm-hmm. am related to the royal houses of Europe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Ginny but seems I kind of think he's more closely related than, um, Ginny seems to think he's more closely related than any other wizard family that she's heard of and nobody's ever told him this before because he only knows because he's the son of a former potter elf mm-hmm. and uh, I... they learn what his name is but he doesn't really know uh, if there's any sort of title or anything that goes with this relationship or not it's just yeah. a passing thing at the moment i'm sure it'll come up again mm-hmm. something's gonna come <laughs> of it i'm sure so then we have 
the dinner party in the hospital wing. Dinner party, yep. Madame Palmtree is relaxed a bit on her standards on how many people can actually be in the hospital. Mm-hmm. The Dursleys and Sirius and Remus are there, and because Harry can't co- come down for supper, they've come to him. Mm-hmm. And they're telling stories. And Harry says, hey, can you ask Grandpa Albus to come up? Because I want to talk to him about something, and the rest of you stay here. I might have learned something that could be important. And so he, he tells Albus that he might be related. And Albus, I love this, because he says, how much do you know about the Potter family history, about my family tree and stuff? And Albus says, well, not as much as I, I would like. Um, you know, I never met any of your other's family members, and I've never really studied your tree. But, you know, if you go back 500 years, you and I are related. And Harry's like, well, that's not why I'm asking. And he's like, oh, oh, if it's about Miss Weasley, I'm sure that you have to go back further than that to find any relations. <laughs> you know, you, you might be did kissing I, cousins here. Did I ever tell you that I have a relative who, I, I, if you go back on my dad's side, the, I have Pruitt mm-hmm. yes, <laughs> in my family. That's so cool. <laughs> and so, no Fabians and no Gideons no and Gideons. no Mollies, but I do have Pruitt's. Do you have Pruitt's? Aww. Maybe you're related to the accountant. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> there you go. Although I don't know if he was supposed to be on the Weasley side or not. But yeah. Well, he's the Pruitt, so. Mm-hmm. So that's funny. Harry tells him that he might be related to the Royals, and they they have to let Ron know in a very roundabout way so he doesn't get jealous. <laughs> oh, brother. Which is always fun. <laughs> And, and Elvis and Uncle Vernon both say, certainly, my boy, at the same time, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is fun. Hold on, hold on a second. Yay! Sorry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> There's a baseball game on. Sorry. There is a baseball game. <laughs> we finally got a run. It's the bottom of the eighth inning, and then we just got a run. So it's like, yay, we have a run. Yay to go, Roddy. Woo, got him, Alina. Okay. <clears throat> hey, it could be worse. Oh, I'm glad. We could have had, we could have a hockey game and a baseball game on the same time. Oh, that would be fun. The playoffs start tomorrow. Oh, dear. <laughs> well, so they decided to, the parents decided to let the kids all ride the Hogwarts Express back to school, even though they're all at school right now. So they <clears> port key them to King's Cross, where they meet up with Hermione, who purrs at Ron, and... Mm-hmm. She they, starts to charge up to them and then stops and... Uh, draws on all her flirting advice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She purrs at Ron. Yeah. Tonk, Tonks taught her how to flirt, so she's using what she's learned. Mm-hmm. And they go in and find a compartment with Neville, Luna, Cho, Pavardi, and Padma in it, so they all ride together. How do they fit everybody in? It's an extra mind. large compartment, that's what it says. I guess. It's, a half, it's half of a car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's magic. And they start talking about the, uh, well, first of all, they let Ron know that Harry could be related to Muggle nobility. Mm-hmm. Uh, first they ask him if he thinks he is, and he says, no, I think I'm, I'm more related to that ginger spice bird we saw on the telly last week. Because, <laughs> you know, she's a redhead, and Hermione's like, yeah, she ties her head red, but that's okay. And he says, why are you asking? Do you think you'll be moving up in station by hooking up with my baby sister? Harry's like, well, it's kind of the other way around, but yeah, that's it. And then they, we find out that Michael Corner's sister was kidnapped and killed the day before Christmas and that she's nine years old. Mm. And she had green eyes. And she had green eyes. This is the little girl that he's been dreaming about. 
And on to chapter 28. Confession and confrontation sounds ominous. It does sound ominous. So I have to ask, mm-hmm. you're going 31 tonight? Yes. Okay. That's the plan. Okay. You shall see how it goes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because at this point I think I'm the only one that's read. Did you get this far, Scott? No. I'm reading as we go. <laughs> <laughs> so they start talking about the Thestrals, and they want to know if Harry's ever been able to see them, and he says no. And Well, first of all, they say that the carts are pulled by Thestrals. And I was like, no way, I just thought they were magic. And she was like, no, my father saw my grandfather or my grandmother die, and he used to see them, so he told me about it. Mm-hmm. But Harry hasn't been able to see him because he was too young when his parents died. And Sirius yeah. is still alive. Mm-hmm. And so he's, you know, they want to know. Of course, Luna says, well, they're just beautiful, and Hagrid takes such good care of them. Well, and, and now Harry is like, maybe I am going to be able to see him because mm-hmm. of his visions. Right. Yeah, does that count? He's not sure. Ginny sort of wants to know. Um, Ginny's asking Luna what they look like, but she's also wondering how can Luna see them. Mm-hmm. Right. As far as she knows, she never saw anyone die. But uh, but is I mean is is it canon that Luna saw her mother die? I know yes. it's canon. I think so. Yeah. But okay. No, it's canon. It's both book because and she saw movie she saw canon. Them. Yeah, that makes sense. Her mother used to experiment, and mm-hmm. one of her experiments went. Wrong. Wrong. Hmm. Yeah. I believe it's Fanon that her mother um, was a seer, and there was something to do with that kind of thing that was part of her. Yeah, I don't remember that being in canon. And people like to sort of bring that up and use that as a reason that um, Luna can see so many things that other people don't see. Is right. Because really she's she's got seer no. in her family. but Luna can see them because she was raised by an eccentric... <laughs> <laughs> yep. She can see them because she believes. Right. I believe. So when they pull into the station, Harry is able to see them. Yeah. And no one really notices except for Ginny. And, yeah. you know, they're talking and having a good time. They're they're saying, well, Gabrielle's going to be there because Fleur is, and Bill's going to be there because Fleur is, and, you know, and then all of a sudden. Yeah. And Victor's going to be there because he's teaching him awkwardly now and mm-hmm. all of this. Yeah, that's when he notices that he can actually see. And Luna notices as well. Yeah. Yeah. And he, when he gets to the Great Hall, he sees Michael's devastated face, and he's like, I have to do something. So he has Luna ask him to come up to the room of requirement after dinner. I was surprised that he was there. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised. But his mom's in the hospital. She's had a nervous breakdown, so maybe there's nowhere else for him to be. No, that's true. That would yeah. make some sense. Yeah, you wouldn't expect him to be back in school right away. Mm-hmm. But Ginny says, well, hang on just a minute, because there might be something that's going to cheer you up a bit. And we have Fred and George talking about uh, playing a prank on somebody. And he's like, well, we could replace their beater's clubs with licorice, or we can fill their pads with itching powder. And Lee Jordan's saying, well, that's already happened. You guys have already yeah, done you, that. You you already. something new. And so they're looking at each other, and then all of a sudden they're like, I know. And the, Fred's like, why is everybody laughing? And they look at the Slytherin table thinking that somebody's pranked them. And he's like, hmm, what about making them look like male velas in drag? And they're like, oh, well, maybe. Um, Is it drafty in here? <laughs> they look at each other, and Ginny has accomplished this quite handily. And, of mm-hmm. course... Uh, so they've got milk white complexions, platinum blonde hair. Blonde Overdone hair. makeup. 
and mini skirt and, and fishnet. Yeah, and two tops stuffed with tissue. <laughs> hey, look, it's George and Fred in leather. Not quite the way we always think of leather, but okay. It's just like mm-hmm. it's it's not it's uh, not Priscilla, but it's close. <laughs> yeah. But they're great, you know. They they yeah they just around. start doing the the catwalk. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, all kinds of cat calls. Papa chicka bow wow. And then they notice that. And they have signs on their back. Yeah. Yeah. Fred says, play nice with the ankle firsties. And George says, privileged inflow stays privileged. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is Jimmy's uh, get back at them for blabbing about Gabrielle's crush. Yeah. And Dumbledore stands up and he says, we've added some new people to the staff, sort of. Bill Weasley's uh- going to be assisting Flitwick with charms. Fleur's going to be assisting McGonagall. Cedric's working in potions. And Victor Crumb is going to be helping Snape with defense against dark arts. And somebody says, well, what about the kid? And Dumbledore says, well, she has the hardest job of all. She's got to help me keep up good relations between Hogwarts and Honeydukes. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, she does a little curtsy. Mm-hmm. And you and Abercrombie is blushing. <laughs> of course he is. So maybe, maybe things are getting patched up a bit there as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And over at the Slytherin table, Malfoy has almost all of Slytherin on his side. There's just a few still over on Knot's side. But yeah. it could change at any moment. And Ron's really... Knot has something planned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love Ron. Ron can... Ron's decided to equate the Slytherins as a chess game, and so he can, like, read them like a book now. Mm-hmm. So he knows... He's apparently... He read somewhere a book on how chess is actually more like politics than battle. And so now he's kind of applying all of that. and He's working out everything the Slytherins are doing. Mm-hmm. What were you going to say, Kelly? No, I, he's right, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so he says, Knott's got something planned. He has that scowl, but every once in a while his mouth twitches and he's up to something. And whatever it is, he thinks he's going to win. And Pavardi wants to know if they should tell Draco. And Ron says, no, Draco knows because... Draco should have his smirk back, and he doesn't. He's holding his poker face. So they're as prepared as they can be for whatever is going to happen. So, and then he kind of talks about chess in relation to politics, and Hermione's, you know, oh, that's brilliant. Yeah, and he's starting to figure out a way to make the Slytherins actually make sense. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of fun. <laughs> I like that uh, he compares uh, Crab and Goyle to the Knights. Right. Because they are... Uh, they can Fumbling. jump okay. over pieces, but they're limited by their stupidity. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And they go on up to the room of requirement, and Michael Corner comes in, and Harry says, I have to tell you something. And he tells what happened about seeing about seeing all these people dying and everything. And Michael Corner just goes nuts and starts beating him up. And, you know, punches him in the jaw and punches him in the stomach. And he's pretty much pounding him. And Ron's trying to get away. And Neville says, no, you need to let him, you need to let these two work it out. And finally, Ginny slaps him in the face and says, he not only saw it, but he felt everything that happened. And he felt all the cruciatus. And that really gets to Michael. If I had known that, I would not have hit him. I would not have, I would not have done this. And I think it's Luna says, no, but you would have wanted to. And now you won't want to anymore. And Harry's just doubled up on the floor crying. Michael thinks it's because he hit him, but it's not. It's because it's his fault. 
All of them. All of those children are dead, and it's my fault. No. Uh, Voldemort's yes. fault. The Harry Potter guilt complex. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stage four. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And, they, and speaking of Cruciatus curses, <laughs> Lucy Softway is under one right now. <laughs> and and he's got this little uh, little secret that the pain following the curse is like a drug to him. And he's like, no wonder Bella liked this all the time. This is kind of cool. Yeah, I think they're both a little mm-hmm. nuts. <laughs> it's because the the pain is so bad when it stops. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like the um, you know, if you have a if you have a broken arm, try whacking your head on the wall so you have something else to think about. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a little doesn't quite work. <laughs> right. Well, I think I think Bella was a was masochistic. I mean. Yeah. Somebody who's masochistic can't tell the difference between pain and, and pleasure. pleasure. Yeah. And I think that she got off on that, and it just there wasn't any difference to her. Mm-hmm. And in this yeah. case, it's when you talk about it, it's almost like a drug. You know, it's kind of like, or what? What rate? What? What? Uh, um, rating is this podcast? <laughs> Hey, we're rated. People swear all the time. Go ahead. Explicit. It's kind of it's kind of like that um um autoerotica asphyxiation. Mm-hmm. And and mm-hmm. not that I know, but that <laughs> but <laughs> I've read about it. Thank you. Um but yeah, it's the whole pleasure and pain thing. So Yeah. It's taking like um, extreme sports and such a little extra step farther because you were yeah. you were just so close to dying or in terrible pain or whatever and you got out of it and you lived through it and it, it's such a relief right that, uh, that's what Lucius is feeling is the relief of not being under the curse anymore <laughs> right but I really do think that she probably she was more of the masochistic type mm-hmm. I can definitely see that yeah. Yep. And so Voldemort pretty much tells him, you've failed me twice. If you fail me again, that's it. And your son has, you know, gotten away from us, and he split up Slytherin House, and now I need to know what's going on. So he decides to send Wormtail to find out what's happening. Wormtail's going to go and wander around Hogwarts and find out how well Harry liked his little gift and also what's going on in Slytherin House. So off Wormtail goes. And Lucius has to stay behind and clean up his mess because, of course, he vomited all over the floor and stuff. And, mm-hmm. yeah. Such a nice guy, that Voldemort. He's just such a likable dude, isn't he? Just want to go hang out with him all the time. Yeah. And then we jump up with Harry, who's just pulled up right in bed, and his scar's burning, but it's not nearly as bad as it used to be, and he's not sure if he's hurting because of the beating that Michael Corner gave him or if it's from the receiving the vision from Voldemort. Yeah, so he's just seen all of this with Lucif as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and so he just kind of goes back to sleep. And we move on to the next chapter. Chapter 29, which is called Job. That's right. No. Or possibly Job. But I was going to say, say, probably Job. Probably. <laughs> is it Job or Job? Oh, I Sue, think it might actually read. be Job, because it is Remus getting his new job. That's true. Okay. And Remus is now the liaison with the uh, Prime Minister, which mm-hmm. is very cool. And and he even knows that Remus is a werewolf and he's cool with it, which I like very much. So mm-hmm. Dumbledore has 
come to him and said, you know, if you don't like the other liaisons the ministry gives you, why don't you pick your own? I'd be happy to help you and introduces Remus. And Remus and the prime minister have hit it off. So the prime minister is actually really excited to have Remus as his liaison because they, they've got something going. They've started a, not really a friendship, but, you know, they've li- they're liking each other. They're getting along. And it's not like the other people that he's had. Mm-hmm. He understands a little bit more about the muggle world in general. Mm-hmm. And he's not so uh, pompous about being a wizard. Right. So. And so... And the, when um, the Prime Minister learned that Remus was a werewolf, he also learned about the wolf's fame potion and about Sirius at the same time. So it, it's not a big deal for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a furry little problem. So Remus says, I know what happened. I know about the kidnapping of all the children. And it was Voldemort doing this to torture Harry. And mm-hmm. They all had green eyes. Right. And so he's like, well, that's barbaric. And we're like, yeah, we know that. And then he moves on to other matters, and he says, you know, we need to purchase the Edsel Castle from you because there's a functioning potions lab in the basement, and the muggle-repelling charms are starting to fade, and we need to own the building in order to put them back. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then we shift Um, back to Harry. They're just about to have an OGL meeting. mm -hmm. As you were saying? Um, Kelly? Um... If they own the building, then why would they need the muggle-repelling spells? Because the potions lab's down beneath it, and so they need to keep the muggle the muggles away from just wandering up to it and stuff. And they don't, I mean, they haven't owned it until just until now they're asking to buy it. Yeah. In, in order to reapply the spells properly, they have to be the owners, so they're going to buy it from the muggle government and put the spells back and then probably sell it back to them or something I like would, that. That's what I was trying to figure out. It's like, if you bought it, why would you have muggles come back into it? <laughs> but they're not having I muggles will. come back into it. They're, they're reapplying the muggle-repelling charts to keep the muggles Yeah, away. but... I know, but that's you, you. You see what I'm saying, though. It's kind of like yeah. I'm gonna buy your house so that I can fix your basement, so that it so your feet don't get wet. Okay, then why would my feet get wet if you own my if you own the house now? Why would I be there? Yeah. Well, but I envision it as <laughs> because, like some uh, big castle that people like to go and explore. Okay. Like yeah. Ruins or something it's like that. It's a castle, so I'm it's I'm assuming just, I, it's an actual tourist. Well, it, and it's um, part of the, the crown's holdings. I'm guessing that's probably it. Mm-hmm. <sighs> okay. I'm just saying. I understand. Yeah, <laughs> they could have just bought it and kept it, but I, I think they're sort yeah, of, that was they're the trying to get point. around and, and not actually keep it. The, the crown probably doesn't want to actually give it up, but he's just saying, uh, we need to buy it from you so that we can do this properly and then we'll give it back or something like that. So, you know, okay. Like, Here, uh, have a dollar. You own the house now. Okay, have it back. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know. Sell it back to you for 99 cents. Okay. Yeah. I, I just, it was uh, like, huh? <laughs> yeah. We don't get to see the whole conversation, so it could go other ways, but that's kind of what I assume is going on. Okay. Um, I was just wondering. That's all. That's all right. Just, yeah. I thought that was a little strange. And then we mm-hmm. have, uh, let's see. The, Harry's They're going, going to get meeting. Yep. And his occlumency list. And they're talking about Slughorn. And how come Slughorn Mm -hmm. didn't uh, start up his slug club again. 
And he's like, well, there's a war, and Harry said, there's a war in Slytherin, and, you know, both not and Malfoy are important, and inviting them both could be disaster, and inviting just one would be throwing his influence behind him. And if he doesn't invite either, then he insults his house. So that doesn't work. Yeah. And they want to pass on what Dumbledore showed Ginny and Harry, which is basically the memories. And we find out that Slughorn has modified his own memory, which is from canon, so we know about that. And they already know about the Horcrux, too, so they don't really need to have all of Slytherin's memory to, to get through that. But um, but they think he might know more about the number of Horcruxes. Yeah. So they'd like to They know. still don't know that there's six of them or whatever it is. So. Mm-hmm. And, and Harry, Harry is they're sort of having a conversation, and Harry's just kind of pulled out the map to check and see how long it's going to take any of the others to get there. And um, he has apparently found something up. He spotted Peter on the yeah. map. <laughs> Bloody hell! So that's why he's sounding the alarms and go get wherever, whoever you can get. You three come with me. And yeah, off they go. And Peter's battled the horses. <laughs> <laughs> Wormtail, he's in the castle. And so he's hiding in the corner. He's waiting. He's on his way to the Slytherin common room, which he's been to several times because they used to prank it all the time. So he knows the way. And uh, there's apparently there is a Slytherin named Lichtenstein, which is interesting. That's a great name. And he's apparently doing something for the Dark Lord himself. There's two second year boys talking. I hear Lichtenstein, and I think Ulrich Vaughn. Yep. I think of a country, so you know. Well, you know what I mean. You know who Earl, mm-hmm. you, do you know who Erwick von Rickstein was? Um A Knight's Tale. I'm not sure. It's, yes. It's, okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> I was I was going to say is it from the mouth that roared or something, but uh. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. So Yes, I do remember that now that you mentioned it. Yes. And uh, the boys have decided, these two boys are, you know, should we go back to Knox's team or should we stay on Malfoy's team? And they oh, well, if it's just rumors, we, we don't want to go back to Knox, so let's just sit on the fence a little bit longer. And they go around the corner and don't even realize that Peter's there. And Peter comes around the corner and that Potter brat is there. Might as well give up now, Peter. And Peter's like, ooh, I don't think so. Two against one. One of the dark large... Dark Lord's chosen. chosen. <laughs> I'm just thinking to myself, Peter against Harry. I'd vote on Harry every single time, and P- and Harry's got backup, so Peter's pretty much in trouble here. Mm-hmm. Because there's more than two of them. There's mm-hmm. several of them, and several of them are Triwizard champions, so, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he slams his fist into the stone floor, leaving a crater, so that he can, like, get through this hole as a rat, and just as he's ready to do that, uh, Dumbledore shows up, and he's mad, and Ron yells stupefy and aims right in front of Peter, so as Peter changes into a rat and runs for the hole, he runs directly into the stupefy spell. Like I said, not the sharpest crayon in the box is Peter. <laughs> yeah, Ron's doing the, oh, I forget what the, the term is, but it's what, what you do if you're going after anything airborne and such, you have mm-hmm. to track He's leading. Track ahead of it. Yeah. 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 If you're playing any of the Star Wars video games or things like that, you have to do that. Mm -hmm. It's called physics. Yes. Physics, that's a good word. It's kind of like when you're firing a weapon, you have to, you know, you don't aim, if you're at long distance, you don't aim it right at the object that you're trying to hit. 
you aim above it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because it's because it'll drop because of gravity. Because it's drop, yeah. And if something's moving, you have to lead it because by the time that you fire and it gets to wherever it was, whatever's moving is going to have moved out of its way or yeah, at least kind of like playing basketball. Prime. You have mm-hmm. to throw the ball in front of the person so that they get it mm-hmm. and not yeah, and not at them because it'll be behind them by the time we get there. Right. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> so we have the Aurors have come to take Peter away. And he's starting to wake up, so they decide that they're going to go, but Sirius is going to stay behind and congratulate his godson on a on a job well done for catching Peter. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, the Auror's back in the fireplace, and we've, <laughs> I like this, Pettigrew, well, he spit it out. Did he escape? Uh, sort of, but not really. What do you mean? He killed himself. Okay. So, his hand killed him, anyhow. Mm-hmm crushed his own windpipe, and Harry falls to the floor screaming, clutching his scar, because, of course, Voldemort knows the minute that the magic goes away that Peter's dead. He's not pleased. No, he's not. And we got to get Harry back to the hospital. And we get to shift over and see how not pleased Voldemort is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's, yeah, basically... Cursing everything in sight, uh, mm-hmm. magically and verbally. And here comes And he Malfoy. wants Malfoy to report and see what's going on, and uh, uh, he's reporting on Knott's mission. Repairs are taking place faster than expected. He's depositing the item in a fourth-floor classroom. Um, so basically, Knott has taken over for Canon Drago at this point. Mm-hmm. That's he's what I'm picking up the um, vanishing cabinet, I would expect. Unless she's being tricky and he's actually fixing up something else, and we're supposed to think that, but right. pretty sure he's fixing up the cabinet. And once again, Harry is bolting upright. He's he's going to have some really good ab muscles with all this bolting upright. He, he is. Yeah. He's, he doesn't need to do sit-ups at all. He's really, really working on this. Mm-hmm. And, of course, he you know he knows about Wormtail, and he's repairing something, and it has something to do with his plan against Grandpa Albus. And Hermione's like, don't worry about that right now. Even with all the wards, you're still in a lot of pain. And basically, he says, you know, his occlumency is in place. This shouldn't be happening. So Voldemort is reaching Harry in a different way than we've seen before. And we're going to find that mm-hmm. out in a little bit, I think. And of course, here yeah, comes so Snape. it's going underneath the occlumency. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Snape, uh, Snape is coming to administer his potions, and he wants to know, uh, have you been practicing your occlumency? What's going on? And Harry says, well, yeah, but it, it didn't feel like that. Uh, he has his metaphor is he put a hundred locks on the front door and Voldemort came in the back. Right. And it's not good. So his no. guest network no. was unsecured. Yes, that's it. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Let me take my tech hat off. Help. <laughs> So that's actually the metaphor that I. That's actually the metaphor that I use for people when I talk to them about their wireless Mm -hmm. (laughs) devices. You can put locks on the front door, but you leave the back door open. They're still getting in. Yep. Yep. We know this. So Slughorn is there. Um, because he's brought in somebody from his house that's been injured. And he's like, oh, no, what happened to Harry? And Snape's like, nothing. He's fine. Don't worry about it. And Ginny says, I want to stay with him. I don't want to leave him. I want to stay the night. And Slughorn's like, okay, I'll tell Pomfrey and make it right. And Snape just kind of seeds. <laughs> he's just like, Oh, uh, boy. If we are to truly discover the meaning of these events, perhaps we should 
for the time being. Let them unfold. But of course, Mr. Weasley and Miss Granger must go back to their beds immediately. Yeah, for a few and ten minutes. Yep. And we're on to chapter 30. We're almost done. Dinner and danger. Mm. Dun, dun. dun, dun, dun. No, it's not the one from the Dangerverse. <laughs> so, Dumbledore is trying to figure out what to do with Harry, because each attack is worse, they're happening more and more often, and he's very good at occlumency, and this that's not stopping him. So they've got to come mm -hmm. up with something else. Yeah. And, and apparently, Harry is keeping something secret from Ginny, and she's going, Come on, tell me what it is, why won't you tell me? This is a surprise. Yep. And she's she like, has well, to wear his dress robes for it, so there's something going on. Mm -hmm. And he's wearing his dress robes. And, and so are Ron and Hermione when they get to the headmaster's office. Mm -hmm. And we also have uh, Ampetunia and Uncle Vernon there, and Tonks and Venus. Yep. And apparently it's Valentine's Day, and so they've rented out a muggle restaurant. Well, it can't be a muggle restaurant because I think it's sort of wizardy. They've rented out a wizard. The no. magic. Yes. The most expensive restaurant in Wizarding England, or one of them, anyway. And it's all theirs for the evening. So they're going to spend... I love this. They're going to all eat together for the first few courses, and then they get some alone time at individual tables for the last few courses. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sirius is dressed up as a waiter. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah, that's always scary. <laughs> and Tonks and Remus are telling stories. Yeah, Remus is telling how some third-year girls managed to get a leash on Padfoot's neck and were dragging him around the grounds. <laughs> mm -hmm. And when he was dragged past Lucius Malfoy, he um, let nature's call take its course, yes. shall we say? Yes, of course he did. Hermione's like, he didn't bite him. No, let's just say he lifted his hind leg. Okay. Yeah. And Ron's like, dang, we should become animagi. I'd love to go pee on Draco. And Petunia yeah, says, you know, I don't think Molly would be very pleased with that particular idea. And said, yeah, I was just joking. <laughs> and so they split up, and they're all in different little different tables. And by candlelight, just the two, each, each couple, having a little alone time. And uh, mm -hmm. they... Harry's staring into Ginny's eyes, and uh, mm -hmm. then they get interrupted by, um, oh, you're back in the common room because the report key happened while you were kissing. So, <laughs> hey, <laughs> just so you know. Just stop this already. And uh, Ginny's like, oh, I felt the heavens shake myself. And they're like, too much information, too much information. Yeah, because Harry didn't even notice the port key, and usually he hates them. So, mm -hmm. great port key. <laughs> yeah. I think you were a little distracted there, Harry. Just a little. And we switch again, and... Dumbledore has come up with an idea. He wants Harry to have a familiar because they've decided that Voldemort has, has a bond with Harry and that's what's giving him access to Harry's mind. And if they can get Hedwig bonded with Harry while Voldemort's not there, then Hedwig can keep Voldemort out of Harry's head. Mm -hmm. Her but, bond will trump that one. And he's got a... Uh, meeting with the Order tonight, and then he's going to try to maybe get Slughorn's memory, so they don't want to disturb him tonight, but they'll talk to him tomorrow. And, f and this is called a high bond. Mm -hmm. So, and Albus wants Minerva to perform it, 
because Albus doesn't think he should. And um, she's like, but I'm only in, I was like, you're his favorite teacher and he respects you and all of this. Yes, it has to be someone they respect, but not too close to them. Mm -hmm. But bonding is a delicate sort of thing, I guess. Right. And he says, okay, now I have to go and complete a task, and he leaves with Fox. And we switch to the kids where Harry is trying to, he's planning to get his hands on some Felix Felicis so we can Mm -hmm. go through and get Slughorn's memory. Right. And it turns out that it's a really good thing that Cedric is working with him because he keeps a color full of it on hand. So he can, uh, mm-hmm. he can snitch. Won't be too them. hard to get that. Right. So that was all they needed to talk about. So it's like, all right, let's go. And as they're leaving, they pass Dumbledore's office, which is on the seventh floor today because Kelly, the office moves, the entrance to the office moves different floors depending on Dumbledore's whim. Okay. Yeah. It can be on the second floor or the seventh floor or the fourth floor. Yeah. Yeah. And Harry Harry hears Fox, but it's not a good song. It's almost a panic song. And he yells, sweet tarts, and races up and finds Dumbledore with his hand and forearm a smoking, blistering mass of blackened flesh. And Dumbledore manages to gasp, get Severus. And so Harry sends Fox for Snape, and he holds everybody else back, and Snape appears almost immediately and sends them on their way and tells them not to tell anybody what happened. And they obey, which, like, makes Snape go, wow, look at that, they listened and obeyed. How cool is that? Before he turns to help Dumbledore. Mm-hmm. And, and so he, Harry goes back to talk to Cedric and say, okay, we need to get this potion tonight because I think the timetable is getting sped up now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And Crumb, because he knows the dark arts from Durmstrang, says, I kind of recognize what's happened. Part of it is an anti-theft potion called the Beggar's Hate. And anybody that touches this, whose blood isn't in the potion, it consumes the flesh. And then the blistering and blacking, blackening part is a curse placed on objects. So, and it slowly burns the victim from inside out. So nice. not a pleasant thing has Dumbledore come in contact with. Mm-hmm. So. And Ron apparently noticed the ring with an S on it that mm-hmm. Dumbledore was wearing on that hand. And so. then it was cracked in half. And they're like, well, there's one of the Horcruxes destroyed, one far better shielded than the diary. And Harry kind of and pauses and realizes that he has no scar pain. So Voldemort, Voldemort can't tell that this has happened. Right. Yeah. Sue. Yes. And Joe and Hermione come to the same conclusion at the same time. They sort of look at each other and say, we're agreeing on something? Mm-hmm. Weird. <laughs> yeah. How come I can't post in chat? Which chat? I don't know. It, it says instant messaging isn't currently available. Well, you're not in our uh-huh. chat. You want me to put you in our chat? Yeah. Oh, um, the one that comes weird. underneath our call doesn't work when Sue is the one hosting it. Oh. Not a, yeah, because I'm yeah. on a Mac. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So we have to have separate chats. There you go. You're in the other one Thank now. you. I would have booted um, Trisha, but I couldn't figure out how to do it, so she's going to come <laughs> a whole bunch of stuff. That's okay. Ah, let me see what this is. Aha. Uh-huh. So he does kind of look like a Weasley. Our last he looks like one. a Weasley. Oh, no, I have to look at it again. Okay. It's we interrupt this program like, to look like, at pictures of Kate and Prince William. <laughs> and Prince Henry. And Harry. Uh, Prince Harry. Harry. Henry. Harry. Although his full name is Henry. 
just everyone told me. He does. He's very cute. Look at that. Did you see the picture? The second picture of Kate. She's intense there. She's cursing somebody, I'll tell you that. (laughs) Yes, she is. (laughs) I love that they love how uh, there he is on the motorbike. Right. (laughs) Nice. Should have got him the mask and such, too. Well, the mask, if you look in the background, the figures that are in the background, you'll see one of the suits. Yeah, there's Catwoman's there, looks like. They have another one that's actually behind Kate. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, they were looking at the the piano that they're looking into. Mm -hmm. Oh, is that what that is? I I love what he says. I haven't told him yet that Harry Potter is fictional, so please keep it a secret a little while longer. Yeah. Prince William (laughs) jokes about his brother Harry. Mm-hmm. That's funny. Yeah, he doesn't look as much like a Weasley in that one as the first one. Just part. No, part the of first one like really looks like a Weasley. Standing mm-hmm. by the yellow light. Yeah, this but. isn't the one that I actually found a couple of days ago, but it has the same photos. Mm-hmm. One of the comments in the one that I found a couple of days ago was, "What would their Patronuses be?" Mm. Williams would be a lion, probably, or and, a yeah, and Harry's would probably be like I don't know. <laughs> Probably a, a, a lab. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's nothing wrong with being a lab. That's cool. Oh, and I have to say, I'm sorry. I don't know if either of you guys watch The Voice. Sometimes, but you've um, ever heard of The Voice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually have somebody here in town who is on the, the show. Oh, yeah. Caroline, Caroline Glazer is from St. Louis, mm-hmm. and she is the girlfriend of my supervisor's son. Wow. So Tammy is all a flutter <laughs> about <laughs> Caroline, and apparently she advanced tonight. So, oh, good for her. Yeah, that was that was something. So yeah, it was. Uh, she just said just had it on the, on the news actually. Wow. <laughs> they were talking about it on the news. So well, that's cool. I'm sorry. I'm the queen of distraction today. Mm-hmm. That's okay. We're way off course. But this is the last chapter, so we should finish it, and then we can go and... Tangent over. Tangent over. We're going to go to Piano Dreams. Interesting. We start off with Minerva and Hoppy, who are talking about uh, what to do with all this. At least they'd already told everybody that he might be off to London for a while, because now they don't have to work out what to say quite yet. Yeah. And Poppy's like, well, even better the few children who know the truth are keeping it secret, and... Minerva says, no, they're not children anymore. They're not adults, save for a few of them. They're in between. Yeah. yeah. And so Poppy heads off to put another layer of stuff on Thomas. Mm-hmm. And they burst back Ron. in. Ron and Ginny and Hermione come in with Harry, who's had another spell. And <laughs> I love Poppy. Poppy's like, well, put him in his usual bed. You know what to do with him. I'll be there as soon as I'm done with Albus. <laughs> and Harry's like, no, I want to be with Grandpa Albus. So Minerva takes him in and conjures a bed for him. Of course, Albus is dismayed to see him once again in this spell. Mm-hmm. And Hermione's looking at Albus's hand that Poppy's working on, and she's like, well, can't anything be done? And Albus says, oh, it's fine. I bowl left-handed anyhow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Tenton bowling was on his chocolate phone card. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he... Uh, He's having some fun, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, just, well, he's trying to reassure the kids, partly. He has a serious moment with her and Queen. But then uh, when Poppy makes a comment, he says, do you think I'll ever be able to 
play piano. And she says, mm, maybe, possibly. It's probably stiffer than it was before. Says, oh, well, I could never play piano before. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's totally old joke. Old That's a very old joke. <laughs> and then we have Harry waking up screaming at the top of his lungs again. Mm-hmm. And he realizes his scar's not hurting and that it was just a normal nightmare. Mm-hmm. Very, Great. Yeah. And uh, first of all, he realizes he's in the hospital wing, but then he realizes he's not in his normal bed. And uh, mm-hmm. he's next to Albus and Vernon, and they're talking. Yeah. So he talks about how it was a regular nightmare. Mm-hmm. And Vernon brings up this idea about um, having a familiar bond to try and deal with the visions a little bit. And then they kind of uh, fall asleep. Or I guess uh, the first rays of the sun come in through the window and just about blind Vernon. Yeah, so it must be pretty, it's probably around 6 or so in the morning. Or mm-hmm. I don't know what time of year this is and how that works in Scotland. Um, probably later on, than that. Just nearing sunrise and then sunrise happens. Mm-hmm. So they tell Harry about his visions and that, you know, it's this, they're being caused by a bond formed by a bond formed when Tom gave him the scar, and if we replace it with a different, healthier bond, then perhaps we can prevent that. So they decide to do this. Mm-hmm. And But there's one drawback. If you do this, you can't become an animagus. And Harry yeah. thinks about it for a minute, and he's like, I don't care. Let's do this thing. So apparently they do. They don't really talk about it. They just say, okay, the first step's been done. Love is a key element. And then we switch scenes, and Harry's shown up with his books at Study Hall, and he's got Hedwig on his shoulder. And he yeah. whispers that Grandpa Albus has found a way to stop the visions, they think, and lets him know what's going on. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's actually happened quite yet. He's just telling them about the plan to do that. Okay. But it's, so they've just yeah. decided to do it, but they haven't actually done it. Well, and it may take a little bit of time, too, so they may have done the first couple of steps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, like, maybe he has to carry her around with him for a and while or something like that. That yeah. makes sense. And then he fingers his pocket where the Felix Felices is, and he's going to go off and get Slughorn's memory, and that's the last chapter that we're doing, so we'll find out what happens with the Felix Felices next time. Mm-hmm. They're just about to really start going on things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, things are starting to happen. Moving into the yeah. former Yeah, we only ACG have 23 stuff. more chapters to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're long ones. Well, they're not long ones. It's it's a long story, and I broke it up into small portions so that we weren't here all night. Mm-hmm. So, I oh, it's good. Them. I'm enjoying it, though. Yeah, I am, too. It's interesting to see where this is going to go now that he's really split off from canon. I like that he throws in a little bit every once in a while, but uh, he's pretty much gone off on his own. Well, it yeah. helps to uh, maintain a, some degree of familial, familiar air, familiarity. Thank you. There you go. Bleh, bleh, bleh. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Say that yeah. ten times fast. <laughs> well, it's like they were saying in Snape's dream in the first chapter here, lives because of all the changes that have happened, everything's moved up a year. Mm-hmm. Most of the stuff from year five isn't happening, so some of the stuff from year six is happening in this year instead. Right. Right. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. I'm looking forward to the next few chapters to see what's going to happen and how much we uh, go off in a different direction. So that's, yeah. 
Yeah, are always fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'd like to see what they do with it. Um, in this case, of well, I guess you could say it's a it's a little bit of a cop out just doing the steal the next year's plot stuff, but it they've done it in such a way that it makes sense for that to happen. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I was also going to say I love uh, Jimmy's baby talk at the end of this chapter. <laughs> <laughs> When she's talking to... Talking to Hedwig. Hedwig, yeah. yeah. You'll keep Harry's mind safe from the e- evil, mean, nasty, bad, moldy shorts, won't you? <laughs> <laughs> yes, you will, yes, you will. Yeah. <laughs> and Hedwig puffs out her chest. Yes, I will. Woo-hoo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a fun story. I'm enjoying reading it. There's mm-hmm. uh, There are less little odd grammar things the further we go in. Uh, I haven't come across any of those in this week's chapters. Besides Harry's name not being capitalized. Yeah, there's a lot of names that aren't capitalized, and there's a bunch of words that are together. Mm -hmm. Well, the together words, that's a formatting thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm running into that on uh, POV Weekly. When I post things, it runs my stuff together with other things. Yeah, I can't figure out how to fix it. Mm. Oh, well, it's just when I post the links. Ah. It's not a huge deal. But if anybody wants a good laugh, you got to listen to the last one I put out because the last half an hour is the four of us trying to role-play or the three. Yes, I want to see those ones. I might have to jump ahead. I'm, I've been trying to catch up, so I'm on, I think, episode 13 right now, but I might have to go and yeah, listen to 25 anyway. Jump and listen to the last half hour of 25. Actually, mm-hmm. Rob sent me, because we're at the Three Broomsticks, so Rob sent me the spellcast background. <laughs> background oh, God. <laughs> so that's in there, too. And Jen can't keep her pants on for anything. It's pretty funny. Oh, wow. Is she hanging by them from a tree? Well, no, she... Jen is very... We should end this and then uh, I'll tell you what's in the podcast. So we'll come back uh, next time and we'll do the next few chapters and we'll see where this goes. Good night, everybody. Good night, everyone. Thanks for joining us. So hold on to the wonder that those books brought to us. Keep each other safe. Keep faith. Good night.